Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Tonight, we've got a very uh, unique class, but the emphasis is on interpretation of the sutra, using the sutra in your life. Um, there's some creative pre-writing elements. Uh, I really think this is going to be, well, I'm really looking forward to it. Let's just put it that way. I'm really excited about it and looking forward to exploring a slightly new dimension of our work uh, that I think we're all more than ready for. Um, and so, uh, before we get into too much though, let's take a minute or two to cent get centered with our breath and uh, to sort of utilize the effortless effort of our body with a baya. Happy Navaratri. Um, let's just take a moment to move creatively within our special temples. And take a moment to close the eyes if that feels comfortable and just tune in to the breath. And notice how the breath simultaneously drops you into your body and into the space beyond the physical, this subtler inner connection. Just start to shift around in your seat. You can move side to side, forward, back, circle. It's up to you. Just Try to feel the body gently moving through space as your breath continues to fill your inner space. And try moving twice as slow and see if that helps you become even more present. And very slowly and curiously find your way to a neutral spine. So the movements get smaller and smaller until they're invisible, but maybe you can still feel them like chanting mantra silently from the heart. And then bring your hands to your shoulders. So you've got some little angel wings and make some really gentle circles, not trying to stretch, just allowing the arms to move fluidly. We'll be lifting the arms up in a moment. And this is just helping to wake up the muscles that support the shoulder socket. And then try going the opposite direction. And it's okay if it feels a little less smooth. Maybe you can smooth it out with your breath, with your surrender. Release the hands down into the lap, palms face up and imagine you're scooping up a bunch of energy in front of you. Let the arms effortlessly lift up and then keep the arms there and let them broaden just a little bit. And imagine you're 
whole body like a pipeline that energy can just effortlessly travel through completely unobstructed and take a couple of breaths here you can silently or even out loud chant the saraswati mantra om sam saraswati and then keeping this pipeline open if the arms ever get tired you can go back to your little wings or release them completely just make a few last circles so you have this ability to connect to the subtle refined energy but you don't have to be rigid you can move you can explore you can allow the saraswati mantra the saraswati energy to creatively express itself through your movement and then staying connected inside let the arms just start to melt away as if your pipeline was getting infinitely large infinitely spacious there's no more edges and from this centered and connected space we can begin our journey into philosophy okay so we're going to do a little recap just in case you know anybody wasn't here last week or needs a little refresher but i don't want that to take too much time um just let it sort of jog and inspire you jog your memory and inspire you um sprana jog and mati say it with me sprana how do we know this word until now fragrance of God consciousness so the glittering fragrance of God consciousness. So basically in these last two sutras, we were, we were introduced to the concept that if we're able to hold our attention through the middle of our life, our practice, our tasks, et cetera, this middle space, um, we become infused with, or that the world, our experience of reality becomes infused with this glitter, this glittering fragrance of God consciousness. Um, to sort of explore how that concept a little more, we broke it down to saying, hey, you know, the acts of Shiva show us that everything is created, maintained, and then dissolved um, over and over again. And this is happening on the biggest and smallest cycles. And that it's in this middle space, the maintenance space, uh, where A, we are the most, but B, where we lose our focus the most. <clears throat> Lakshmanju had this quote way back from Sutra 2.10 saying, losing awareness happens to all yogis. It is the great crisis in the yogic world. All yogis generally experience the state of losing awareness. And so we see that we're not alone, but this is the challenge. And it has been the challenge for thousands of years, longer than thousands of years, right? And so we are instructed, we're taught, we're told to, to work to hold our awareness to hold it at the time of entry to hold it at the time of exit to um hold this with the fullness of our awareness to hold it and then accomplishing this then the yogi becomes one with that nectar of turiya with with that nectar of awareness um, which was also described as Purana, right and so this was a a bit of a shift our attention perks up at the beginning of an activity when the activity's over suddenly we feel relief and we're sort of present again where are we in the middle the middle space requires a unique kind of work and it really defines our practice 
when we're able to hold that, the payoff is significant. Um, said it already, but I'll say it again. The fragrance of supreme glittering of God consciousness becomes your reality. But more than that, it actually becomes your reality across the span of your day, of your practice, of your life. Um, she never loses the fragrance of God consciousness. This means that her, her God consciousness endures in each and every state of her life. So we've all, uh, we all approach this in our own unique ways, uh, well, well before the sutra told us to. We know this is a big part of our practice, bringing it into our life, sustaining our awareness. Um, perhaps over the last week, you felt a little bit of support from the mantra gnome, funny at first, and then in reality, actually pretty effective. Not sure if a lot of you had a chance to try it, but... Um, I'm really into it, and uh, I think a couple other people are having a good time with it. Uh, the idea here being that this is a subtle tapping on the shoulder of your mantra that you can just sort of leave playing in the background of your life to help with that maintenance period. Uh, I know in, in my personal experience, um, it, it was a breakthrough for the maintenance level of my practice. Um, as far as sustaining a mantra, past the beginning or the end, um, uh, it became obvious to me um, how, how helpful this was. Um, and so that's sort of the recap of where we left off. The, the big picture, some of the tools, some of the bring home concepts. Um, <clears throat> so from here, I want to just take a moment to just give everybody um, a, cup, a minute or two um, for for something we call, you know, free writing from the heart. And um, this is just a way of breaking the ice. And the idea here being that whether or not you directly connected with this practice or whether you really did connect with it, um, you can still start to work with it. Free writing is um, generally, you know, it has, there's a lot of different opinions on it. You might have an opinion on it. Uh, as a yogi, you have an incredible ability to do something very unique uh, which is to actually uh, use your practice and to start to play with it in the, in the realm of creativity uh, by, by accessing and trying to stay present with your experience while you write about it. Here's the challenge, though. You got to keep writing. That's the hardest part. We're so used to stopping and self-editing that we rarely allow ourselves to be wrong about something to say something we don't believe in necessarily, you gotta let yourself take those weird wobbly steps if you ever wanna get your legs working, right? If we keep stopping and waiting for perfection, we literally don't ever move. Um, so free writing is one part conscious awareness, and the other part is completely letting go of that self-editing autocorrect that is constantly stopping our exploration of a topic. So this is a work in progress for all of us, um, but it's very, very inspiring. And so starting from the recap, mantra gnome, all that stuff, how'd your week go? I'm going to just do two minutes. This is going to be a real quick one, two minute free write, uh, where you just connect a little bit with the feeling, where are you at? 
You know, everything that was said, it's already landed. You don't really have to replant it. It's in there. Just connect with your breath right now. Feel your seat. And then go ahead and just begin writing. And I'm going to keep a two-minute timer going here for you. And the idea is to not stop writing, even if you think you're writing gibberish. See if you can still feel your breath. We're about halfway. Feel the quality of your writing. Reconnect with your breath. Just the last few seconds. Finish the thought you're on. And now reread it. I know, interesting, totally worth it. Reread it. And as you're reading it, underline what stands out to you. There's usually a couple of words, a thought. And then see if you can drop a keyword in the text box. And I can write it in for you guys here. One sec. All right. What was it? Okay, let's read these words. Just, uh, wow, they're coming fast. All right, here we go. In the moment, 
difficult. Concealed. Painting. Love. Gentle waves. Present. Maybe. Present. Boundlessly. Eternal, infinite moment, elusive essence. Momentum. Infinite. Breakthrough. Right. Cool. So let's let that um, kick off the conversation a little bit. And I have a lot more sort of in store for us tonight. Um, but just based on some of that work, Shoshone, why don't you kick me off or kick this <laughs> off, kick me off the air here by talking about breakthrough, hard to resist. Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, what did. So Tere wrote Breakthrough and she doesn't want to talk. So, okay, gonna, okay, that's okay. We can go to someone else. It's fine. Uh, I'm, I can talk if you want. Okay. And, uh, I wrote Boundlessly. Um, and this is, the, this is the third time that I've uh, free written in a long time since the last class. Uh, and I, I really feel like this was the one that was like, it was a breakthrough. It was like, oh, there was some creativity coming through and uh, it felt like I was really just in my heart uh, and it uh, was boundless. It was like this boundless experience of, uh, I wrote beyond the limits of space, uh, broadening conscious horizons was hmm. sort of what it felt like this experience of free writing or the experience the work that we were doing in the sutra uh free write like free writing just oh. now like oh, cool. feeling in my heart like just looking in my heart just now and then like writing oh, like, right that's, what, that's what it was uh so that was really fun <laughs> yeah absolutely good job <laughs> <laughs> that's great because we're gonna be a lot more free writing so i'm glad it is a boundless infinite redeeming process for you yeah. <laughs> cool let's take a look at uh let's say you were boundless oh good i'd love that can i get a volunteer yeah that's usually why i call on people go ahead volunteer i see you there <laughs> radharani i was actually going to call on radharani that's funny go for it radharani uh yeah my work was concealed i that idea of my maintaining throughout the day it was hard and um yeah when i was writing i was like i just wrote like shiva stays concealed throughout my day <laughs> i can't really seem to get the juice out of the middle <laughs> uh, in between the in and outs. Um, my life really talks me. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it, of course, it was just a week. Like, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also kind of like, I, I, I should, I should be gentle with myself. I understand it's just a week <laughs> of trying something really hard, but I just uh, realized how 
um, how much energy and how much awareness it takes to stay in that um, realm. And also I was thinking about like the different, like the different arches of that maintaining for me. Sometimes I feel like there's a big arch, like for me and at this moment, this last intensive was so awesome. And I just, I wanna maintain some of that energy from that. And that was like, that's like a big arch for me. And there's also the smaller arches of maintaining during the day from my morning meditation to my evening meditation, trying to maintain awareness. And even just be, between two breaths, trying to not go somewhere while I inhale and then exhale. So I've tried those different levels. And one of the things that I realized is just um, the concealment part is strong. I enjoy the, the entries and the exits of, uh, you know, my meditations and all that. And throughout the day is hard for me, but I have found one way I've tried is I have found moments and I have a scheduled moments of remembrance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. So I schedule breaks or, you know, maintenance breaks where I'm like, I'm going to take a, I got to take a few breaths and listen to my, to um, Kirtan for 10 minutes during my lunchtime. And that's, that, that was helpful or something that you, that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. It's just like walking from one place to the other and trying to be present. Mm -hmm. That helps me remember and maintain like between classes when I teach during the day, you know, I have five, five minutes between one class and the other and setting up and I try as hard as I can to breathe, do mantra, and then I lose it for that class and then uh, my break comes back. So I found that scheduling maintenance breaks have helped me during the day. I love what you've coined. Yeah, you scheduled maintenance, you know, every 3,000 <laughs> breaths, which is probably like about four hours. You know, you got to go in for your scheduled maintenance. You know, you can push <laughs> it longer, but things start to wear and tear. So that's great. That's a great way to look at it. And, you know, I hear a lot when, when what you're saying and uh, about the, the effort, I can feel that the, the struggle is real. The effort, I can feel your effort. And, um, you know, I think that is an interesting aspect of this topic. Um, there's something about this maintenance phase that sort of forces us to grapple with what is the effort that we're actually seeking. You know, what is the effort that it takes to sustain? Because that very concept is somehow reminiscent of Patanjali's words of effortless effort, right? Perseverance without tension. These, con these, so it's like, what is the effort of maintenance? What is it? What does it feel like? What is it? Is it this like struggle? Is it like lifting a heavy box? I don't know, you know? Um, what do you, does that, does that ring true with anyone? Would anyone like to comment on the effort? Yeah, go ahead, Anju. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, it, you know, we, we've talked so much, I felt like over, you know, this, this past year about sort of like 
that effort and doership. And so I was kind of oscillating with that too. And then for me, like hitting that infinite space kind of happened when I realized that like the effort doesn't have to be the like grinding. It can be like the effort of breathing. It's always happening. And how when we bring our awareness to it, it changes and that effort changes and we can like really work with the breath, do big action, lots of doership, or we can back off and sort of let it flow. And it started to help me just appreciate because I can't maintain 24 seven, maybe one day. Um, but in the moments when I would come back, I was just so grateful to be there in it and know that it was there and not worry about the fact that I had lost it or that I would lose it again but just really appreciate being there and maintaining it for the time that I could and not being so attached to like, I'm going to lose it. I need to hold on. I need to grip onto it. Or, Oh, I lost it earlier. And I was being so unconscious, like not like stepping out of that space and just being in it when I could be and accepting that as I continue to work, that's going to grow and shift and change and not be too worried about like gripping onto what it has to be. Thanks, Anju. Yeah, it's a real personal journey. I love the way you were describing it as just finding, I mean, the effort of gratitude it is a very valuable effort and it is an effort in itself. The effort of breathing, as you said, is like, that's a wonderful, you know, uh, sort of way for all of us to, <clears throat> to tap into what is the effort we're seeking with this maintenance phase? I really identified with that effort of breathing you were talking about because I can feel that happening. It is taking effort, but it's a unique experience. Yeah, Dharma. Like I, I, I have been thinking about um, like those big automobiles that um, you didn't, they didn't used to have power steering, you know? And so you kind of had to wrestle them around a little bit. I think there was a truck up at Shoshone that didn't have power steering. And you definitely had to wrestle that, that one too. And uh, if uh, the alignment on the vehicle's right, you don't have to do much, it's just going straight. And you can maintain a path. But if you're slightly off and you're trying to go on a straight line, it's really hard. Hmm. And I feel like my mind, instead of going in a straight line, it's just a little skewed sometimes, just the way I see things. It's not that level of clarity that maybe uh, I'm seeking through practice. And so there can be um, uh, either abrupt or subtle ways that I just find myself just slightly out of alignment. And if I don't bring myself back, you know, just using that breath maybe to get present, then it's really easy to find myself in a different direction than I, than I want to be headed. And so um, there are constant reminders. <laughs> there are constant reminders in my life, you know, to be like, oh, again, you know, again. And so I think you know, practicing um, just some compassion and patience. Like I really appreciate the emphasis on cultivating bodhicitta and, and you know, sort of like as a starting place or like I can always come back and 
you know, I think for me, some, some um, gratitude and just that heart space and operating from there. I think there was um, um, not necessarily related to the work we did last week in the class, but the talk about um, getting beyond the mind that Davey and um, Arjun had done really resonated with me as a place to sort of draw my awareness and, and try to operate from there because um, the, I don't seem to have as difficult a challenge with alignment when I'm coming from that space as opposed to that sort of mental doership, which is a little bit more contracted and wants things to, to look and be a certain way. Thank you for that super helpful metaphor, you know, and I think it brings to the surface two aspects of our work. One is that there's some scars within, you know, that naturally um, uh, keep us sort of pulling away from center uh, and that there's a, uh, there's an external effort or, you know, an effort within our practice that literally pull, to pull the steering wheel, to pull the vehicle back to center, like that's what we're doing. And then after a while, um, that action has a deeper effect so that it's pulling less you know, that these like little things we're doing throughout our day have much, much deeper imprints, you know, eventually that like that might, that is sort of how we do it. And, and the idea of just once and for all pulling a vehicle back to center that is out of alignment, it's like, we all know, like, that's, don't put your effort there, put your effort into like doing it with almost like as little effort as you can, because you're going to have to do this a lot, right? It's like if you know your wheels are not in alignment and you go, oh, man, every time you will be so exhausted and so frustrated, right? So it's almost like you just go, okay, okay. And it's almost like how little, how little externally can I put into this required action? And I think that's sort of helping us get a glimpse of this effortless effort or of this sustainable effort, you know, that this sutra is pushing us to explore, you know, like Radharani, that'd be really fun in, in your experience, you know, like how little external effort does it take for me to do this thing? And weirdly that somehow like helps us surrender like more than we were expecting. Actually, can I add something like this? What Dharma was saying and like what you are saying, I'm like, just looking back into my week and my couple of weeks and I am, a, I'm a teacher in elementary school and it's, it's not an easy job. And sometimes it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And my goal this year was to just bring a little bit of this into my work. And one thing when you were talking about these tugging one thing that I've been doing that I think is helping me maintain a little more that I haven't even realized until you said that, I'm doing this with my students when things are getting out of control and instead of trying to, I like, I sit down and say like, my voice gets quieter and I'm like, you know, everybody, let's just sit down and it just brings them back and they decide and so instead of tugging as I tend to do and 
it's like your natural thing is like all right we're hurting the cats and coming back it's just okay everybody just let's sit down for a second let's i even say let's take a breath we take a couple breaths together and just the calming voice helps them and helps me so thanks for bringing that up because i'm just realizing oh wait but it's also happening <laughs> a couple of things that I, had, I didn't realize and it works when you are not trying to you know make things happen the way you want it with effort like that i don't know it just came to me <laughs> perfect very helpful you, you were nodding that was uh i think we can all really any i met many parents in the room can probably relate to that parents and teachers they probably that sounds like a breakthrough that that would be as you as you try more and more to corral these cats you start to realize like there's something i could be doing deeper inside that would actually have a bigger effect that's really cool thank you for sharing that Well, we've got some more to reflect on tonight. So I might just let this just like dissolve and bring up a little something new. Uh, if that sounds all right, I'm just sort of scanning. Looks like everybody's cool with that. Um, and so uh, just sort of a method I was wanting to explore with you all is to, uh, I wanna look at like a quote from the Sutra together and read it and let you sort of work with it and feel with it and then do a little bit more free writing. Oh boy, gosh, time is, I can't believe how fast I went. Well, let's, let's try, we'll just try one and see how it goes. That was so quick. Um, okay. So this is one of the quotes from the Sutra. Um, yeah, let's do this one. Um, hey, Meru, um, can you read this quote for us? Filled with the fragrance of supreme glittering of <laughs> God consciousness, that yogi slowly coming out from Samadhi feels their breath is filled with a supreme fragrance. And although their breath is moving out, they feel their breath is not moving out. They feel their breath is established in their supreme being. Then after exhaling very slowly, they experience that the three states of waking, dreaming, and deep sleep are filled with the dense nectar of God consciousness. And they come out in the waking state with this fragrance. Wow. Thanks, Meru. I feel like you're reading to me in bed. Like you just put your kids to bed and you still have that reading voice. That is, that was really nice. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is so entertaining. So everybody take a breath with that. Actually, take a slow breath through the nose and imagine this supreme glittering fragrance. And I just want you to feel inside for a moment and ask yourself, where does your life sparkle? Where do you experience the supreme glittering fragrance, you know, to some degree in your life? And then ask yourself, how does it relate to your practice? How does the glittering, this right now imagining just smelling this incense burning in the room you're in, how does it relate to the, the maintenance of your practice or just your practice in general? 
So just consider that at the heart level for a moment, not thinking too much. Where does my life glitter? When does it glitter? And then I know you're like, but I haven't thought about it long enough. Two minutes. Keep feeling while you write. writing while you feel. see a word in the chat box. Madeira's word from before actually was a lot about this. She said that the glitter reminded her of the Buddha field, Tara's pure realm. Heart fireflies. Nice. Uplifting. <laughs> Mud. Blow. Stars. Matrika Shakti. Bubbles. 
gratitude. Micah. When I recognize I am whole. Cruising. Hmm. Shining. Pretty shiny. And sorry, we all like him just um, to say it. Mine was being present and surrendered. Reflect. <laughs> cool. Well, there you go. You know, where does your life sparkle? How does it relate to your practice? You know, it's it's this inner consideration that actually allows you to start to draw these connections. Uh, this sparkle is real for a yogi. And the means to it, according to the sutras, are through the maintenance of our practice. But, you know, do we sit and, and, and reflect on that? Do we, do we seek it out? You know, and I hopefully that just that little bit of writing um, was able to, to show you that there are these connections happening inside. Um, and it hopefully didn't feel like writing from the head and it felt like writing from the heart. It takes a little practice, but it's very possible. Um, I wanted to make sure that we meditated tonight. So I think I'm just going to leave it at that for right now. Everybody can shuffle around in their seat a little bit, and then we're going to meditate. You can take a moment to, with the mouth closed, swallow, feel the mouth sort of suctioning empty, tongue lifting slightly to the back of the roof of the mouth. And feel the passageways through the nose available. Feel the connection as you breathe in through the nose to the space below your ribs. Try to say hello to that space as you inhale and exhale. And imperceptibly, imperceptibly um, experiment with the slight smile, but not directly. Experiment with this glittering fragrance floating through the room, and the slight smile is in response to that. Allow the breath to be even and smooth using minimal effort to support that even and smooth breath flow. 
and feel this effort that you're using right now. This effort is perfect. You're doing great. Just moving the breath very gently is a low-powered meditation that keeps you pointed in the right direction. We have, we're in no rush to move past this into the subtle realms. Those will come. But sustaining this low-powered effort right now with your breath through your nose is so much more important than we give it credit for. Always looking past it to the next big thing. Can you sustain this effort, this minimal effort right now for just a few minutes? And what happens when you do it? We don't need to go beyond this right now. We need to sustain this, maintain this. It's a good sign if you feel a little bored. It means you're actually doing very little. That's a good thing. We're trying to let the dust settle in our mind. We're trying to hold a simple practice. You can bring the mantra hum to the inhale, saw to the exhale. The mantra is a nice focal point for the mind, but it doesn't fill the entirety of the breath. There's a lot of space in there. The 
It's just there in a really simple way. Doesn't need to be filled or moved or anything. Just needs to be enjoyed, sat with. There is a very subtle effort at play right now. A very gentle effort in smoothing and evening the breath. Allowing it to find its way down below the ribs in the navel area. There's a quiet, simple mantra Occupying just a moment within each breath. And there's you. This huge space of awareness. Maintaining a very simple practice.
breathe so gently that you actually feel the breath enter the nose. Allow the breath to move out through your exhale. And don't pull it back in. Let it come in on its own. Instinctually, you will pull it in. Uh, just let yourself pull it a little less each time.
when your mind is quiet, your mancha is effortless. There's really nothing else to say as you breathe in or out other than hum, sa. You can finish bringing your hands together at the heart. And feel the creative aspect of this work. And feel the crown of the head light and sparkling. And we'll breathe into the nectar of our hearts. And as you exhale, you can offer up this practice to Saraswati or to another deity or individual that you want to. But make this offering to Saraswati if you can. Just sort of showing the goddess that we've, we've done this work and, and that we hope to continue to do it. sort of planting the seeds you know for this year for all of us to be able to explore this practice in the most creative and highest light possible and then of course let's think fondly of Babaji and faith and offer them our love and respect as well without them i don't know where the connection Saraswati would come from. All right, namaste everyone. Thank you so much for your focus and awareness tonight, for maintaining your awareness for a whole hour. Um, couldn't do it without you. So grateful. So thank you very much. And um, next week, we're going to be hearing from Dharma and Uma. Uh, for a philosophy presentation, and then we'll be back for more sutras in two weeks. Thank you. Jai Shri Ram.
Ram Sita Ram Jai Jai Shri Ram Sita Ram Jai Jai Shri Ram Sita Ram Jai Jai 